one. Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Adela Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host of the most, as always, and to Adela Marcy. And today we have another badass on the show. Now, this person I have a bit of a history with, a lot longer than he may realize that we have had history, but we have had history. And I have followed his work for, God, 2005, 15 years, 16 oh, years now. I've been like following you, which is crazy. Um, so it's a real pleasure of mine to have the one and only Dave Miz in the house. Dave, welcome to the show. What's up, man? Thanks for having me. Ah, for sure. I haven't even gone through your accolades. You have done some insane, insane oh, shit. God. You have like changed the face of marketing at times and you don't get the credit in my opinion. I'm like, I, I'm not okay with that. The whole warning sales page, like uh lander that happened like 10 years ago. That was your design. Yeah, that one did really well. That one did really well until, um, yeah, until until I let, let Frank use it, and then uh, that was, yeah, yeah, that was a disaster. Because <laughs> everyone did it after him, like yeah, everyone yeah, did. Everybody it. stole it. Um, I had one person steal the page, and they left all my Google tracking, my Google AdWords tracking codes or analytics tracking, all the like the tracking codes for something. And I remember at one point, like all the numbers were all fucked up. Because like this guy was probably getting traffic to his site and then it was registering that it was coming from my site, but I wasn't seeing the numbers. I was like, wait a second. Did like the funnel just like die or like the numbers are like a half. What happened? You know, and we had, we backtracked everything and found that it was coming from this other domain. And we were like, oh, fuck, you stupid. Ugh. God, you Anyways, yeah, yeah, people mess stats up. But real quick before we continue on, this show is sponsored by the emailexperience.com. Head on over there, see if you guys qualify to work with Dave and his partnership team. They have worked with ClickFunnels, Russell Brunson, Gearbubble, uh, Dugout, Jim Gym uh, Launch, and Clavio, to name a few. You guys have done some insane shit in the last two and a half years. Like your rebrand from what you were doing to e-com has been has been insane. So right, like right off the bat, I gotta ask, dude, how the fuck did you do that rebrand? Like, how the hell did you pull that off? I, I know how you did it because it's consistency over time, but to have the vision two, three years before everyone else started doing it to actually get in there, like, what was the thought process? It's, it, it's interesting to hear this coming from a different perspective um, because you know I, I don't. For me, I'm in my own bubble. You know, yeah. I don't. You know, I, I don't speak to too many people. Um, I'm not out, especially now with COVID and everything, you know, like you're not out at events, you're not partying, you're not doing this, you're not doing that. So, um, so it's always very interesting to, uh, to hear that, uh, perspective. Um, I remember before this happened, there was another guy in, in my space that made the jump. Um, and we would always used to think it was like such a big thing you know like oh my god you escaped you know like you escaped from prison that's like the the mentality it was like we were even though everybody was happy doing what they were doing like in the mentality was like we were in a, this prison or like this small little island right and like oh my god you escaped like and you made it right like you didn't go, go from like cuba to like america like you actually like made it in America, like you're driving a nice car in America, like, holy shit, like there's life outside of this. Yep. Um, but, you know, I, I'm a big, a big, big believer of kind of just following your intuition and letting yeah. things just unfold naturally and without really pushing it. Um, and so that's kind of what happened. Um, it, it's a real crazy story. I really never told it, but um, the, 
the dating stuff literally just died. Um, the whole, not just for me, but I think as an industry, the whole, the whole industry. And I think it's, you know, some people told me, oh, you know, Tinder was big and stuff like that. And yeah, I don't think that was it. I think it was just the rise of social media. Yeah. Um, that type of industry is not social media friendly. Mm-hmm. And so with everything being so transparent and on social media now, it, it just wasn't the thing and you couldn't advertise all these different places and stuff like that. So it just became very restrictive, but the market changed, you know, every market has a life cycle. Every offer has a life cycle. I just talked about this uh, with Justin Brooke at ad skills for their team. Um, you know, like what happens when your offer dies, you know, like I went through a lot of depression to be honest with you for a while. I didn't know what was going on. I was, um, I was always thinking like I was sucking, like I was shit you know, because the offer, like no matter what I was doing, it, it was doing, it was doing good. But then it just came to a point where it just started, you know, like, yeah. and I had a good run of 13 years where yeah. it was running consistently, um, yeah. you know, doing really, really good six figures. So um, how I met you. Yeah. And so, you know, it's a really interesting thing. Um, life has a weird way of kind of giving you pointers. And I think you, you just have to have an open mind. So in 2010, I went to a friend of mine's house in New Jersey, New York. Um, at the time he was doing like seven figures a month from his dating offer. Um, wow. I won't say the name or anything like that or stuff like that, but uh, big, very big guy in the space doing like mega, mega money. And, and that really blew my mind. And, you know, we were smoking a lot of weed and we were drinking and at his house and stuff like that. And you know, and one night he said, we were just chit-chatting and he said two things that I'll never forget. Two things. This was in between like one, at one point we were like refreshing his email just to see the orders. And I've never seen this in my life, but like, do you know, like when your screen is going so fast, yeah, it looks like it's like not even moving. All you see is like a line just going, but the, the shit's just going it was yeah. like five, 10 minutes of orders. We're talking like thousands of orders. I had never seen this in my life. So it was like mind boggling, you know, and I've been around a lot of big guys before, but this was like to the next, I mean, the next level of, um, of shit. So in, in the conversation, he said two things. Number one, um, he said, all this money that I'm making right now is going to give me the ability to figure out my next move and not stress out number one. And I, I, I didn't think of it at the time, but that later on would be a huge revelation for me. And then number two was um, if I was doing the same thing outside of the dating space, I would make 10 times more money. And I was like, whoa, this dude's already doing like seven figures a month. Mm -hmm. You know, it was crazy, crazy. I mean, like for him to say that, like, it's and he ended up doing it, believe it or not, he ended up getting out of the space doing other things and making a lot more money. Now I think he's retired and he's just painting or something like that. You know, God bless him. So he told me these things back in 2010, 2000, no, about 2011, the beginning of 2011. I, that always stuck with me as things were kind of happening. And so the offer just literally one day, I remember this very well. It was like a December. We did really well. It was just consistent, same consistency every month. And then in January, it went off a cliff. It was like 50% drop. Oh shit. So imagine you have a business doing consistent money, like within 
$50,000 or so a year of within for 12 years, you know, like really, really good six figure, you know, really, really good money. And then all of a sudden, yeah, 50%. And then the next year it dropped by 50% more, which was just really alarming. And so that was like the wake up call. But at the same time I was getting married or I was Mm -hmm. engaged and I was about to get married and stuff like that. And I knew the dating stuff wasn't really aligned with where I wanted to go and stuff like that. So, um, the universe has a really weird way of, of, of working like that. So my wife is from this really small country uh, in South America, Uruguay. Mm-hmm. And I met another guy who lived local to me in a Facebook group. Uh, he was also from Uruguay. And I figured, you know, let, let me go meet up with him. Maybe his wife and my wife, you know, because they're from such a small country. Like there's not too many of them here. Yeah. So I go meet with this guy at Starbucks and he lives like 10, 15 minutes away from me. And we just have a good vibe. You know, he's working on affiliate marketing. I'm working on my, you know, dating stuff, but we just had like a good vibe. It was cool just to work around somebody, you know, like without just, you know, sitting at home or sitting in your office by yourself or whatever. So just before you jump down that path, now everyone at home that is working from home because of COVID, now you know how we felt for so many years on our own. This is why we kept going to Starbucks all the time to meet other people. Yeah, that's why you see people at Starbucks. So like my daily routine was I would work from home in the morning, go to lunch, and then I would work at Starbucks or whatever coffee shop I wanted to in the afternoon. And then I would, you know, go to the gym or whatever. So, um, so I'm working with him. He's doing his affiliate marketing. He's driving this piece of shit car. Okay. I, I remember this because, you know, like you always like you're a guy. We always do this. I'm a car fanatic. I always look at the car. Um, and so I was like, damn, he's driving this piece of shit Hyundai, like with all kinds of stickers on it. And it's all fucking dinged up and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, no, but not, I don't care. I'm not judging him or anything, but I just noticed it. And then I noticed it because like he goes to he goes to get married, like officially get married in his country to do like the real wedding and everything like that. And he, I'm, I go, when are you getting back? He's like two months. While he's there, he takes out his iPhone one day, like he's, we're, you know, we're messaging on Messenger and he takes out his iPhone and he shows me this screenshot from Shopify. And it's like $48,000 for the day. And I was what? like, what the fuck? Holy fuck. So he's like, I'm, I'll show it to you when I get back. I'm coming back like in another month and a half at this point. So when he comes back, I'm not even exaggerating here. Like, I wish I was exaggerating this, but it's so fucking true. <laughs> His wife's driving a brand new Suburban, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like in America, that's like a big fucking SUV, right? Yeah, like that's a the gas guzzler SUV. Like he's 60, 70 he, grand. He's not driving this Hyundai piece of shit anymore. Now he's driving an a, a, a G-Class, not the wagon, the GLE SUV Mercedes AMG. Oh, brand new. Shit. Holy And class. he's in a brand new house. Okay. Holy so imagine this like two months ago, he's driving he's a crap car, shit. gets married. He's living in back. this like little apartment, you know, like and it goes away in two months and this whole thing happens. Like I, I was still like, okay, tell me how many drugs you're selling. Like how much cocaine is in the backyard here? Right? Like what the fuck? So he shows me, he's like, come here, let me show you. And he shows me his Facebook ad accounts. He showed me, he's like spending like five, six, $7,000 a day. And he's making like 40, 50, $60,000 a day. I, I was like, damn. I, like I've seen the guy doing seven figures, but this is like very, very like upper 1% of seven info figures. marketers yeah. doing that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know any, I know maybe three or four guys at that level that are doing that kind of, that kind of numbers, like consistently. Right. Yeah. And so to see him in two months 
just flip that around to do i was like shit so i'm, I'm watching him i'm at his i'm at his house we're, we're working in, in the room and i noticed that he wasn't sending any emails now i suck at facebook ads I, i'll be the first one to admit it i have no ego i fucking <laughs> suck okay i hate it and i suck so that's not a good combination no but totally. i'm pretty good with emails and so wait 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 He's being modest. He's fucking excellent in emails. And I'm saying that because, well, it's me giving you this thing. He's fucking excellent in emails. Just saying. So don't say you're pretty good at well, emails, Dave. Just like, don't be you. modest around here, please. You're fucking incredible. You so so <laughs> I noticed he's not sending any emails. And I wrote up three emails for him real quick. It took like five minutes. We stuck it in one of the apps that he was using. Forgot about it. Lost touch with him. He went off and started doing his own thing. Six months later, he messaged me and he said, holy fuck. Remember those emails you wrote for me that day? And I was like, not really. I totally forgot. Like it was like a five minute thing. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, yeah. Remember those? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Here's a video. He sent me a video and it was $300,000 from three emails in six months of him just running this offer. He was like, holy shit. Can you write more emails for me? And can I start sending you my students? So when you ask about how the, the thing changed, like that was like the moment, but, and here's the, but leading up to that previous two years, I had spent almost very, very close between 90 to a hundred thousand dollars to build software. This email tracking software it took me two years. Um, yeah. I spent obviously a fuck ton of money on it and <laughs> it just wasn't really selling. Right. I was trying to sell it through webinars. I was like having such a hard time. It was like everything I was doing, I was swimming upstream. Yeah. Right. And maybe, you know, you, you have that in your life. There's certain times in your life where everything you're doing, it, it's like a struggle. Like, you know, like you're, you're, you're trying to like walk up the stream or up the mountain. And that's what it felt like, you know, the software needed more money to, to get developed even more to get really usable. Uh, people weren't buying it at the rate that I was expecting. Um, the people that were buying it were never even using it. So I wasn't getting any feedback on the software. So I was like, fuck, man this sucks, you know, like this, yeah. this fucking sucked. And could I have stuck with it? Yes. And maybe some people do and come out of it. Great. But I think the majority of people don't No. And you, you got to make a decision. Like, do you like sink or swim? Right. Like, right. do I keep fucking pouring money into this thing? That's not really working. Or I've got this thing right here and he wants to start sending me people like let's, let's rumble. Yeah, there's a money maker. So, so that's really how it started. It just kind of like it just kind of happened. Damn. See, I love that. And there's a couple of questions I do have that came up throughout that uh, story of what you were saying. But what I want to really touch upon, as you said, there are times in life when you're going to be going uphill and you know having an uphill struggle, and you got to make that game time decision whether it's time to bow out and change, or keep you know bite down the mouthpiece and see how far you can keep going. Sometimes it works, but other times, honestly, yeah, I you found... got to see the, you got to see what the, yeah. what the opportunity is. What's the, what's the, the cost, cost? Of, of doing that opportunity? And then like, what's the potential there? Like, what's the roadblocks for me? I just knew the software is going to cost a fuck ton of money more to develop. So I knew I was going to have to keep pouring more money in. Um, you know, mm -hmm. it, it just, I just saw the writing on the wall. So yeah. I made a, I made an audible and um, yeah. Which is powerful. Um, 
And it's quite interesting that you say that because like I had the situation as you know, it's no lie that my dad passed away in January. And thank you so much for reaching out to me when that happened. I know you had a similar experience a couple of years oh, yeah. ago as well. Yeah. Cause again, it's one of those things like once you've gone through it, it's really cool who shows up and goes, I've been here, let me help you. And then when someone else does it, you're the same. It's like a pay it forward, which is beautiful in our industry. I really like that of how we are. One of the questions, well, one of the things I was going to say to you was for the longest time I had the writing on the wall that I need to stop writing copy for people. Like it's good. I've done well, but I don't enjoy it anymore. Like it's, it's, it's like throwing shit at the wall and saying, like, eh, we'll see what happens. You know, I'm enjoying it, but not really. It's good. It's not switching that over to teaching, switching that over to other things I want to do in my life literally starting to build that energy. I know it's only like two or three months in from that moment, but I can see where it's going. And honestly, it took my dad's passing to actually make that very, very known to me as in like, dad's gone. Okay. Can't do this anymore. Got to find something else. I can't live my life like wondering what's going to happen. I can't wake up stressed. So this leads directly into the question I have for you that came up uh, while you were speaking. And that is, what do you see as the future for info products? Because again, we got guys like Russell Brunson, Frank Kahn, all those guys, they kill it. And there's like a, if they've killed it for a long time, I will, I believe they will continue to kill it. It's the people that are coming up right now. The ones that are kind of like that interstitial phase that like, do I go products? Do I go coaching? Do I go e-com? Do I go SaaS? I'm going to ask from someone that came from the info product world, do you think it's, there's still any value to go down that route or no? I think it's a lot harder. Yeah. Um, it's not as easy just, as it used to be. Um, not, not in terms of time frame. in terms of like, it used to be harder then versus now. I just, I just think info products in general is harder in terms of a business model. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you really think of the, the pieces, right? Like, what do you need to make that work? Right. Um, so I guess there's two types, right? There's low end and high end. Yep. The low end stuff, you really have to be good at the media side because you have very little margin. Yep. Right? Because you're not you're not selling an expensive product, right? So you, your margins are much less here on the big side, your margins are much bigger. So you maybe have more wiggle wiggle room as far as, you know, closing deals and percentages, but on the low side, it's you really have to have your shit dialed in, right? Because you don't have a lot of margins. So think about that. Like you have to be really good at buying media, then you have to be really good at Copywriting and converting the media. Yep. Right. And converting them. So like copywriting, conversion, optimization, um, media buying, those are three skills right there that are not really the easiest skills to master Mm -hmm. and require money to master those skills. Like you actually have to spend money and actually do it and fuck up and lose to learn, which is okay. Like that's part of the game, but you have to know that going in. And if you're, just starting out and you need to make money that ain't the game for you right like you have to know that but like when i started that was all there was like it was just info products right Um, and affiliate marketing yeah where you had like web designers i was a web designer that's how i started um and so that was pretty much all you had now there's so many ways to make money um it's ridiculous it's it's crazy it's crazy it's amazing it's amazing so you just have to find something that works for you. Um, yeah. For me, I knew in starting the agency that um, I'm a big procrastinator. Um, and I know this because, like I said, I, my background's design and, and web design. Um, I went to a creative school. And in the creative school, they taught us all this stuff. They told us, like, 
you guys are like this. This is how your creative mind works. And so knowing this, knowing that I have an agency and I have to work with clients and produce work, that's just not a good mix. So I partnered, I brought in a partner um, that is really, really good at that stuff, that enjoys doing it, that loves mm -hmm. that stuff, that is amazing at it. And so that combination works really well. I don't fuck with that. He does it. The, the team handles it. We train them and, you know, they execute accordingly. Um, so That's you awesome. just have to work to your strengths. I agree. I would agree massively. There is a question that has come down later on down the line around that. One of the questions I did want to ask you personally, because it's another one in mind. One of the ways that you really shifted the way that you do your online social media presence is you went heavy into the meme game. Like you became like a meme mogul in like the shortest space of time. I think it was around the time that you went from software Actually, if I remember correctly, it went from I'm developing this email software. It's going to be absolutely amazing to, I think, six months later, it was like memes everywhere. It was like meme after yeah, meme. And that's after kind meme. of the time frame that I was describing of when I was working with that guy, meeting him and doing the yeah. software, doing my thing, and then really transitioning into, uh, you yeah. know, starting the agency. You know, it's, it's just about finding something that works and just keep doing it. Um, yeah. And really, I didn't really do it to find anything that worked. I just did it for my own personal enjoyment and it just so happened that it worked. Um, but you know, I, I would do it anyways, even if yeah. it didn't work just because, you know, I have fun doing it. Um, you know, I just, it's just, it's just fun for me. So, yeah, no, I've noticed that. I was talking to Ace Reddy about this a while ago and he was saying to me like how just memes just take over so much. They're just a lot easier. They can be used for marketing, but can use for humor. If you use them for both, you actually end up coming out on top um because yeah, so it's shared. just finding something that works for you you know for uh for gary v it's you know all those videos you yeah know? like everybody's got their own little thing you just have to find what works for you and then you know like just focus on that right yeah definitely so okay kind of jumping on that question how did how would someone that doesn't know what their strength is how would they find it because again like the obvious model is go try everything and see what you enjoy but let's just say they kind of don't know which ones they are like what to begin try with. everything try everything you, you can't method. you can't even run a business until you you've done everything like man like i've fucking answered hundreds of customer support emails in my info product business hundreds hundreds that stuff fucking sucked but i needed to do it to learn how to hire somebody to do it mm -hmm. right i built all the, the whole website i built everything that's my background i enjoy doing it but i can't have somebody else do it if and or fix it if I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, right? Exactly. So you, you you don't need to be a master, but you have to like um, be competent. I was just listening to an interview with this guy Mose Ali. I hope mm -hmm. I, I pronounce his name right. He's the uh, founder of Native uh, Deodorant. Okay. Uh, he sold it recently for a hundred million dollars to Procter and Gamble. Shit. Okay. He started nice. it like two years ago, like Bootstrap, just like a regular internet marketing guy, kind of like. Um, great product. And so he was talking about that, that whole process, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah, really, really interesting. He did the same thing. He answered support emails. He packed products. He worked in the warehouse. He did everything to really learn all the parts of the business. And that really helped him as he was able to grow the whole, the whole business. So yeah, I also yeah. think it believe I believe it also gives you like a level of empathy to understand what someone's going through when they're in that role. Because if you hire someone you don't understand what they're doing, you're like, why can't you do it until you've actually done it yourself? But you you're end like, up wasting a lot of money, man. That's like yeah. the other big thing because you don't know what the fuck you're doing, yeah. right? Like, I mean, how many times have you hired a VA and then you, they've never done anything? <laughs> you know, they you 
you hire them for like a month or whatever and half the month they're not doing shit because you, yep. you don't know what to do right yep. so that's this, how it is yeah that is a huge amount of stuff that the other question i have which is of course your forte which is emails now you've kind of shifted the way that you do emails a lot more and i'm, I'm curious on this one because i heard um think it was from you or from someone that was in our own in our circles that mentioned it uh shorter email is starting to kill it way more than longer form story-based email i mean again we've had that age-old argument of long versus short always but curiously well, what i are you think if testing? you do anything too much um it's going to have problems mm-hmm. right um and it's just like anything in life right like if you drink the same beer every fucking night you're gonna get tired of it right if you eat the same food all the time you're gonna get tired of it um and it's just anything in life if you do the same thing over and over again and what's happened is people just use those emails over and over and over and over and they were new and fresh 10 years ago maybe 15 years ago that was like a new thing but now everybody's using them um perfect illustration i was at starbucks this is like two years ago maybe three years ago um and sitting there working and some guy I remember is reading Jeff Walker's launch book. Mm -hmm. Another guy is working on a sales page next to me. And it was crazy. Another guy was reading Russell Brunson's book because I saw like, I saw it out of the corner of my eye while I was typing. And I was like, okay, this is weird. Like before it used to be like, nobody knew what we did. Like the, the big joke, like back in, this is like 2005, 2006, like you would ask, somebody would ask, what do you do? I was like, oh, I do internet marketing. Like what? Do you do eBay or Amazon? That's what they thought. And we just used to reply, I sell drugs. Like, and they understood what that was. They just couldn't understand what internet marketing was. Now everybody understands. Yeah. It's mainstream. Yeah. It's weird. It's in Russell Brunson's books. There's like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people that have read it and are using those story emails. Some random grandmother in Arkansas is using it on her list for knitters. Yep. It's not new anymore. No, it isn't. Plus we're not in 2010 anymore. No. People are not reading their emails on, on these fucking laptops all the time. They're reading it on these mostly. Yeah. Right. So people's buying habits have changed. Their reading habits have changed, but people's emailing habits haven't changed. They're still emailing like they did 10 years ago and it doesn't work. And that's why the numbers suck and, and people bitch. And um, yeah. What would you say would be some of the biggest change? Like what are three changes people could implement? Like say at the end of this call to really start seeing a difference in their email stuff. Well, it really depends on the context. I mean, we don't do info product emails. So yeah. I, you know, for me to, talk about that it's totally different context on that but like for e-commerce yeah it's uh you know it's more graphics it's more design it's more design heavy more brand heavy stuff um you know i think that's um that's where it's at um because nobody wants to open up their phone and and scroll five minutes through an email and read like a 40 page email (laughs) nobody does that nobody does that you know in the apps that you're on you don't read a whole article and scroll and scroll and scroll we don't do that we're just not in that the mind hasn't been trained to do that on the phone yeah so having those long emails with tons and tons of text it's hard on your eyes it really hurts your eyes to read and so even with e-commerce do you really need a 40 page email and a whole story of a hero and this to convince somebody to buy this fucking t-shirt like really, 
Like people oversell it. They mm -hmm. overcomplicate shit. Over oversell. Like, do you need a whole story about this vape pen and how what happened and how we came up with it? No. Is it great? Yeah, it's fucking wonderful that that you can have a story like that and maybe it will sell. But can you just write up a fucking email for like five minutes in, in a five minute email with a nice graphics and everything and put it out there too? You don't need all that shit. Yeah, that I will think, work as well. I also so, think it's down to pricing as well. Like the, that's the other thing is if the price is really fucking low, it shouldn't require that much to sell. Yeah, and, and it really, it depends what it is and what what's the cost, right? Like if it's selling something more expensive, you need more touch points, yeah. right? You, about this, about this point, about it, about this point, about it. But when you're dealing with physical products, there's only so much, you, you, like it gets overkill. Like you don't need all that stuff to sell like the desk or your chair or all that stuff, right? Like you, you can sprinkle a little bit in here and there, but you don't, it, it's just overkill. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree overkill. on that. Like I get hit up all the time by copywriters and you know, they, they think like they're, I'm not gonna say like they're not valuable in what we do, but they overestimate their value. Yeah. Because they think that they're going to, they need to write these long emails. And when I tell them like half of our emails are two paragraphs or less. Blows their mind. That they're like, Oh shit. You know? So yeah. Yeah. And really, again, it comes down to what industry you're in. Cause I'd still say, and this is just my own like taking from what I see coaching industry space where you're selling high ticket coaching, you can actually still get away with long form emails in those areas, but it can't be the same thing everyone else is doing. Cause like you said, everyone's using the story-based stuff all the time. And if you look at any sales page now, I guarantee you 70% of them are, I was poor, homeless, negative thing, positive thing happened. Here's how I found it. Sell. Which is okay on, you know, there's a formula that works on, yeah. on all that stuff, but with the email part, it's about building a connection yeah, and, you know, building rapport, you know, people buy from people they know, like, and trust. Mm -hmm. And if you're selling coaching, you have to build those three things in your emails. Yeah. Right. And you have to use whatever tools are available, you know, and just re relying on one tool as a crutch, you know, eventually you're, you're gonna, you're only gonna, you're only going to get us a, a, a certain percentage of people on your list that are going to buy that way. Yeah. And if you keep communicating with people the same way, you're completely like excluding 80, 90% of your audience who just, they, they'll never buy when you communicate in that kind of way. Right. That just doesn't work for them. It's like, for example, People, there's a good percentage of people on everyone's list that are only going to buy from scarcity and urgency messaging. Yeah. Like you can tell them I have this new thing coming out and they just don't give a fuck. You can show them the biggest like case studies in the world. They don't care. Not going to open the email. You can send them the most awesome tips and value and, and cool tax and techniques. They don't care. Not going to buy. But the second you tell them, that it's closing in 30 minutes or that there's only 10 left, that person buys. Yep. But if you never communicate like that to them, they're never gonna buy. Yeah. And that's just one kind of person. If, if you think about it, your list is made up of more people than, than just that. There's people that only respond to case study type stuff, testimonial, like facts, proof. 
There's only people that respond to content. There's only people, there's people that respond yeah. to all these different things. And so if you just do these store emails, you're only going to get people that respond to that type of messaging. Right. Oh, and man. so you're excluding everybody else. Everyone else can't, at home can't see this, but I'm nodding and smiling because this is just music to my fucking ears. Because uh, I've had this, I had this conversation literally on Tuesday with a friend of mine saying the biggest problem I see with what's coming forward is everyone's fallen into this lazy style of being. Like no one's going out there and trying new shit or more importantly, looking at different ways they can do it. Some people are by all means, but the majority are not. I mean, it's the perfect example of like, if you go to watch a movie, we've had 13 years of Marvel movies now, 14 years of Marvel movies come out, Iron Man 1, 2018, uh, or 2008, sorry. Uh from there, let's let's look at it. Are we going to say that Marvel scripts are the only scripts we should ever look at reading for stories and movies if you're a script writer? No. You've got horror movies. You have action movies. You have basic movies. You have, like, B-movies. You have, like, that's what copy is. If you really understand it at its core, you're tapping into different emotions, but different things for different people. Mm-hmm. And, again, this segmentation does come into it. But I did want to ask you uh, around this process of, like, psychology, because you've mentioned it one of the things I truly do believe is that people have to start changing the way they see things and start thinking about things like overall. So my question to you is like, what's something someone could do at home just simply to start changing their perception, to start looking around what's around them and getting a feel for it. So, um, you know, they, they taught us this when I was in um, advertising school um, and it's a good exercise um, to do. Um, we, as humans get into patterns. That's just how the human mind works. It, it looks for a pattern and we, we do it. You can look in your day-to-day life. You ha- everybody has a routine. In the morning, you have your routine during the week maybe. And then on the weekend, maybe you have a different routine, right? You have a work routine. When you start the computer in the morning or you start your work in the morning, you do the certain things. Um, everybody has a routine. That's the way the mind works. And what happens is when you get into this routine, you, your mind sometimes stops working in a creative way. Mm-hmm. So to get out of it, uh, what you want to do is um, take a different way to work. For example, if you drive one way to work every day, take a different path, different route, go a different way. Maybe it takes a little longer. That's okay. Maybe take shorter. That's okay. Just take a different way. Um, if you go to the, to one place, go to another place. You know, if you're always going to one thing, change up your routine go somewhere new, do something different. And that will really start changing your mind and let, lets your mind and creativity start opening up and, and working more. So that was, that's probably the best thing I would suggest. That's actually like one of the most powerful things you can really do to be fair. Just get out, like break out of the old habit and see what happens. Um, yeah. All right, so let's talk e-com emails specifically again around this. What are you seeing in terms of uh, frequency? Cause again, like, Quite a few people in my uh, in my world are in e-com and they are going down that pathway, at least more so. Um, what I'm realizing, well, that's what I wanted to ask in terms of sequencing. Like if you're sending out emails and using emails in your e-com business, how frequently are you going? Because you have people like Ben Settle who still say mail every day. And there are- the you're, say, you're, you're trying to compare info products to e-commerce and they're totally different. Fair. You can't. No. They're, they're not even the same thing. Yeah. Totally different. So totally that, different. So with that, how often would you communicate with your with your like uh, list from e-com? Um, you know, we don't have like a whole set 
system. We don't, we don't, I know some people work like that. I, we just don't do that. Um, everything we do is all custom for each brand. Um, some brands mail a lot, some brands mail a little bit. It really depends on the brand and you have to look at everything as a whole. Um, you can't really just say we're going to mail five times a week and that's what we do. Yeah. Right. It just doesn't, doesn't work like that. You don't hit $28 million, uh, with that kind of, that kind of thinking like that. Right. Yeah. Everything is all custom and you really have to look at the brand as a whole and where they're at, what they have, what kind of assets they have, what they don't have, um, what type of content they have, stuff like that. What's their vision? What's their plan? What, what kind of team do they have to work with, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so you just have to look at the whole thing as a whole. I mean, it could go from one time a week. It could go up to five times a week. I know we have, we have stuff all in that range, um, but each one is, is different. You know, yeah. um, and so th- you, you can't really take a cookie cutter approach to it. That makes me happy that you say that. I'm very happy you said that, by the way, because it just makes my life like so much happier. Like, yes, happiness. So one of like kind of touching back upon it, because one of my favorite questions to ask on the show is always uh, it comes down to books and movies. Are you a movie guy as well? I can't remember. Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Okay, so we'll go like, uh, so I was going to ask if you were to give 10 recommendations, five movies, five books could be fiction, nonfiction, whatever it is that you wish to have that you would leave for someone to pick up and read just like, hey, here you go. This is the best stuff I want you to go do. Change your thinking, go out and do some stuff. What would those 10 books be or five books and five movies? To change your thinking or just movies that I like? Both. Because, well, let's go with five books that would change your life and five movies that you love. Hmm. You know, I went for this period of time where I read a lot. I think like right after my dad passed, I went through this period where like, I I just, I just like closed off the whole world. Um, And so I would go to this one sports bar down the street from where I used to live. And um, I would bring my notebook and my book of whatever the book I had. And I would just read the book, take notes. And I would sit there for like hour, two hours, uh, having my lunch at the bar. Um, I had my headphones in, nobody would bother me. Um, and, and it was great. And I did this for a few years and I think I really did this to, um, to fill my mind and time, you know, because I was so hurt inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the problem with that was I was never doing anything with the information. I was literally just collecting information. I have notebooks somewhere full of it, full, full, full of this shit. And I got to the point one day where I said, fuck this, like, like I got so tired of, of like taking notes and not doing shit with it. I'm like, fuck this. I'm not buying another book. I'm not reading shit. Um, all I'm doing is implementing. And so I was like, fuck that. I just literally like reverse course, but I've got a, I just moved. So you can see like, there's, there's still some shit in boxes here. Um, I've got my bo- a box here full of books. So I'm going to take a look here and see what I can find. Excellent. Here's one book, Ruling Your World, Ancient Strategies for Modern Life. Damn. Cashvertising. That's an old school one for sure. Uh, The Adweek Copywriting Handbook. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then I have a bunch of old dating books back here somewhere. We don't need to 
go into those. We don't need to see those. So, okay. I was going to say, Dathan Uh, books do have Think and Grow Rich. Okay. Obviously, everybody uses Think and Grow Rich. Obviously, Mm -hmm. that's a a good one. Um, There's another author that I really like. His name is Dr. David Lieberman. uh, Name rings a bell. For psychology books. Uh, Really, really good stuff. Um, And then I'm trying to think. That's... There's another guy that I've been reading. Um, well, I bought it for my wife, so uh, so she's been reading it. It's uh, the guy's name is Khalil Rafati. I hope I pronounce his name correctly. He's a really awesome entrepreneur, and uh, he owns this company called Sun Life Organics. And he has such an amazing story of before and after. He was like a like a drug addict uh, on, on heroin, like strung out, like 100 pounds in LA, turned his life around. And now it's like a multimillionaire, all healthy, um, owns like a drug rehab center and owns this like Sun Life Organics place. Really cool. Very, very nice, humble guy. Um, just has a very nice journey. And he has two books out. Really, really uh, awesome from what my, what my wife was telling me. So uh, so those. And then the other book that I bought that I haven't even fucking read was uh, Matthew McConaughey's Green Lights. Like, recommended. Recommended. I have it here somewhere in, Dude, in a box. Or get the audiobook. Just get the audiobook instead. Like that dude's yeah. voice for seven hours in your fucking ear is just like gold. But yeah, he's amazing. He, he's yeah, a he's... really good storyteller. Like a really good storyteller. Like that was my yeah, most he's... recommended book last year. Yeah, but yeah. he's uh, he's amazing. It looks looks like a great book. I've I've got it somewhere <laughs> somewhere somewhere in, in one of these one of these right. boxes. Yeah, the joys of buying a home, right? Like all the shit you don't know. Like the closets are going to take two months or three months to get built. Uh, you know. oh, man, like I remember when I moved out here. So I moved to an unfurnished place like two years ago. Prior to that, I always lived in like a furnished home. Yeah, sofas. No one told you that sofas take two months to get made. <laughs> like, what the shit? Yeah, it was uh, craziness, man. All the little things you don't realize, but you know, welcome to uh, welcome to life and adulthood. It happens. So, what are your movies? Um, so movies. I love Lord of the Rings. I, I think that's probably like one of the best. Um, me, my got, wife loves it too. We, we, I see. I've got one beef with Lord of the Rings. It's, it's always a, it's always a catching point. It's I hate the character Pippin. He annoys me. Like he's literally like the worst character for me. I'm like fuck you, yeah. I, I, I have a hard time watching the 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 last part of uh, the Hobbit, the fifth, the five armies, just because yeah. it's so sad for me. So, um, so I just have a hard time watching that. I love uh-huh. that movie. Um, I love Swordfish. I love that movie. Oh man, you are one. You are one of the few people who've actually ever mentioned that movie to me. Great movie, man. But it's underrated. So So underrated. Criminally underrated. You got Travolta, Don Cheadle, and Hugh Jackman with Halle Berry. That is a four-person powerhouse. Yeah, it's it's solid. Solid movie. Great. uh, Great writing. Um, Great acting. uh, Great vibe to the movie. Everything. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Hmm. Sometimes you see some of those old movies that you're you think maybe, but then you see them again, and you're like, "What the fuck?" You know? Yeah, don't um, even, don't get me started with that. I was watching uh, the I was watching Predator last night because I decided to take the evening off. I was like, "I'm gonna chill here and watch Predator." It's been like two years. There's just one scene in Predator that I messaged one of my friends. Going, it just made me realize how dumb we are as a species. Um, you seen you seen Predator, right? The original one, the, right? The you're original, talking about? Okay, yeah classic old school arnie carl weathers yep it's the bit right after jesse ventura gets killed and um mac runs in unclips the minigun 
to the private. Takes the gun from him. Yeah, just like unclips in a straight line, by the way, just like this, like just has this like small area. The part that makes me laugh is all the other soldiers kind of ran in. Instead of forming a, a, a circle and shooting in all directions, like, you know, we're all here. No, we're all going to shoot in the same direction that you just unloaded a mini gun into. Yeah, like that's going to help, right? That, that, that gun didn't work, but the rest of your guns are going to work, right? Like that makes sense. But, you know, it's movies. It's movies. Um, but it's a good movie. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think what else, what other movies. Um, huh. You know, there's another movie I like, but it's uh, some people don't like it. It's I think it's underrated. It's um, the talented Mr. Ripley. That is a good mo- it's a good movie. It's, it's uh, a I'm really not... interesting movie. It's it took me like two times of watching it to really like like get it, but um, mm. but it was really good. And then um, I, I love Friday, like those movies. Friday, oh, Friday man. after next. I love next that. Friday. I, I, Friday. Yeah, I, love oh, I love the fact that you mentioned Friday after next. They're very very well at least spoken about again criminally. We spoke about um, third movie of the Friday franchise which gave us terry cruz yeah they're just they're just funny those movies are just uh they just give you a good you know good laugh uh stuff like that um i love friday yeah i'm trying to think man nothing i I, you know i've been watching this discovery plus shit on uh on tv i'm fascinated with this bigfoot stuff oh shit really i'm super it's so my wife thinks i'm fucking lunatic uh she laughs at me but i'm like this shit's fucking real Right? Like I'm watching the show and I'm like, holy shit, like this is fucking real. You know, I, I love all that stuff. And I think it's just, you know, I'm a, I have a very curious personality or nature. Yeah. I'm very, very curious about everything. You know, like, um, like now, like before we were on the phone, I'm, I'm like figuring out Zapier. I'm trying to like set up some shit in Zapier. Um, I could outsource this easily to one of the guys, but like, I'm just so curious to figure it out. Like, it's like putting a puzzle together for me. I love this shit. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, like running a business, these are the kind of things you have to really balance because it, it's a shit use of my time, but I, I want to do it. And, you know, yeah. So yeah. it's a way of doing it. Like realistically, in my opinion, I, I do, I do get very, very engrossed in things like that. Like right now I'm looking at Bob Lazar's thing about the UFOs. He's got a thing on Netflix. Did you see the, the, the yeah, he's got it's, a special not released in the uk yet so oh, you should see it it's um yeah it's pretty interesting I, honestly i mean i don't think the new thing really told anything new but yeah. based on all the stuff that's coming out there's a there's an article i just read it was something by the former national of security uh of defense something and i'll send it to you when no, we get so done please do he's yeah. on video on cnbc saying like if I can't even talk about the other stuff yet, we have a lot more stuff that you haven't seen and it's going to, as soon as it's declassified, I can tell you about it, but we don't even know what the fuck it is. He's basically saying, so yeah, yeah, like there's all those shows about that. I love all that stuff, all the ghost shows, all that shit. Um, I love all the car building shows because I'm a car fanatic. Um, I I watch maybe more TV than movies right now. I think Um, I've actually found like that's, TV has actually upped its game way more than movies have. Like they've just gone to a whole nother level. Um, I'm a huge fan. Uh, again, for you, as you said, you like ghosts and stuff. Uh, for me, it's murderers. Like I love like getting into the brain of a murderers and why they do what they do. That's so they have a really cool show about that. It's uh, the first 48. Yeah, which all is the time. really all the time. Have you seen Dude, that? Yes, I love that show. It's fascinating. That. So true. Fascinating to see. A, I, you know, I think for me, it's about seeing a process. Whether, whether it's the first 48, seeing how they start from one thing and then end it 
whether it's a car building. I love watching them build cars or yep. motorcycles, even though I hate, I will never ride a motorcycle. I love watching them build it. Um, how I just love watching. And I, my wife tells me this all the time. I think it's just, you love seeing things being created mm -hmm. because I'm a creator by nature. Yep. So I love seeing a process unfold or, you know, and so I'm always thinking of how, how does something get created? Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. I love that. So my, my curiosity is a little bit different to yours, which is quite, it's refreshing to know that your brain works that way though. Cause now I know what to send you like as recommendations and shit. It's like, this is what Dave likes. It's that. Uh, one of the last questions I will ask before we wrap up the show today actually kind of comes onto the, it comes under the umbrella of mindsets. And as we mentioned, you know, of course, life has kicked both of us and will kick pretty much every human on this planet down from time to time. It'll take us down a peg. It'll beat you around. It'll rough you, it'll rough you around from time to time. My question for you is how do you mitigate or minimize the amount of time that you're in that situation? If at all anything. You're fucking asking the wrong person, dude. I, <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, You're the best person to ask for this, to be fair, in my opinion. Like one of the best people well, to ask on this. You know, like when, what happened with me, with my dad was uh, it, it probably to an extreme situation. Um, you know, I had $2,000 to my name. Um, I launched the dating offer. It, it took off. It did like $100,000 the first month. Um, and then three weeks later, my dad has stage four cancer. So my business is going like this, like a rocket ship. Um, you know, I've got Playboy asking to interview me, the Wall Street Journal, Vanity Fair, all these fucking magazines and everybody's trying to interview me. And then meanwhile, my personal life, my dad's, you know, dying of cancer, you know, so it, it, it was like the highest of highs, like anything you can dream of for your business but coming at the worst fucking possible time in your life when you yeah. don't even give a shit. Um, for me, I escaped, you know, like I, I escaped in my work, um, mm -hmm. you know, which was a blessing for me to, at the time to have that. Um, so I was very, very thankful and very blessed to, to just dive into that. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I had a, a, maybe a different situation than most, you know, like up until that point, I had like $2,000 to my name. Right. Yeah. Um, I was like, I'm not going to say a bum, but I was definitely not successful in any, I was probably the exact opposite. Right. Um, and now I've got my mom and sister to take care of, yeah. you know, and you know, like my dad left us a whole, like, we just had a whole big mess. I had a whole mess that I had to deal with financially and stuff like that. And, um, you know, on top of everything else. Yeah. So I remember I didn't have much time to, I didn't have any time to feel sad or feel sorry for myself. I literally like, I remember like, holy fuck, I have to take this crazy thing. I'm, I'm selling dating advice. Like that's going to take care of my family. Right. Like think about that for a second. Like I'm selling guys how to pick up chicks on the internet and that's feeding my family. Crazy. When you think about that kind of stuff. Um, and so I had this crazy, I had a launch you know, it did well. Yeah. How do I keep it going? What do I do next? How do I take this to the next level? Uh, because now like shit just got real, right? Yeah. Like my mom doesn't have my dad and my, to, to take care of, you know, like I gotta, I gotta step up here. So, um, it was a really hard time. I remember, um, I didn't have much time, uh, to, to, uh, to get down or anything. I just went to work. 
Um, and my escape was really just, you know, I was going to Amsterdam. I would go to Amsterdam like three, four times a year, um, just to escape, uh, just to get away. Yeah. I just wanted to get as far away from Florida as possible. It's far, far away from this here as I could. I just wanted to escape. Um, and, and just to clear my mind. And it took years for me. Maybe other people, it happens quicker. It took me years, man. I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to sit here and lie, but it took me years, man. I remember maybe three years, three years after. I remember one day really, really vividly. It was fucking freezing. I was in Amsterdam. I, I went on that trip by myself. Um, you know, I had friends that just couldn't go or had no money or anything like that, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, so I went by myself just to clear my head, man. I was just walking down the street one day and I was like, fuck man, like it's time. Like my mind just shifted, you know? And I was like, okay, like I'm good now. It just, yeah. just a shift in energy that you feel inside. Nobody can tell you when it's going to happen. It could happen yeah. tomorrow. It could happen two years, you know, it, it just happens. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like I, I just cut my trip short and uh, came back home and I was like, let's fucking go like yeah. back to normal. So Dude, thank you for sharing that with us. And especially with me, I really appreciate that. Uh, if it's cool, can I, can I just catch you real quick for a couple of minutes after the show? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Cool. Uh, fuck, that's a really heavy note, but really inspiring to end on as well. Because <laughs> like, obviously you went from there and it's been strength to strength. Well, I Got- think it's just... It just goes to show you that no matter how bad things are, like shit can like hit the fan in any aspect of your life. Um, It's only going to be for a temporary time. You know, like they always say, like the the clouds, the rain clouds only stay for a certain time. So even though things suck and you might not see a way out of it right now, just keep going, you know, like take those little steps and eventually you will see it, you know, and it will, it will change. And you never know, like, crazy things happen such, you know, I always think like life is preparing you for something good to happen. Um, and you, you, it's, it's just part of life. You know, life has ups and downs, ebbs and flows, just like the, the waves in the ocean ups and down. Pretty much. I would agree with you on all those points, guys, go check out, uh, the email experience.com follow Dave Miz online. The dude is absolutely brilliant to follow for every single you, thing. You can see it's legit because I got the, the neon sign here. In yeah, the back. You so like you, say, you don't you don't get the neon sign unless unless you're serious about shit. <laughs> Very true. You gotta have that neon sign. Guys, go check out the email experience.com and Dave, thank you so much for being here and uh, doing the show today. My if you pleasure. enjoy thank this, you for please, me. oh man, it's been a pleasure having you on. If you guys want to rate, review, subscribe, and have an amazing weekend as well with the show, uh, please do so and I'll see you guys next week. Take care.